All right, Real Deal with a Kill podcast via Zoom. Um, like I said, all, all the time, subscribe to, to the podcast on all platforms, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of that. And I have a very special guest with me, Houston Chronicles writer, cover for, uh, insider for the Houston Texans, Aaron Wilson, man. Um, thank you for being here on the Zoom with me. Um, and as you know, we talk all the time. Well, Sometimes doing when it comes to sports, especially the Texans, and you know I'm a, I'm a Houston Texans guy to an extent. Um, I'm from here, of course, so I got that in my in my blood. Um, but I think you know we both want to talk about the Bill O'Brien firing and things moving forward. And I'm not going to say why it happened because we already know why it happened. But it's about time. Like I'm 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 part of a bunch of like me and a bunch of other. Houstonians is like about damn time. And um, the first thing is first, what was the reaction from the lock, from the players when O'Brien got fired? Was this a relief for them? Was this something that came out of left field or was it something they didn't knew that was going to happen? They were expecting it to happen. It was just a matter of when, Akil. And it is a breath of fresh air. It's a relief for the guys because it wasn't fun over there anymore. And when you're being yelled at, when you are castigated for mistakes, when you're not being taught properly, when you don't feel like you have a good work environment and that the plays aren't creative and you're seeing arguments and you feel like it's dysfunctional, it's hard to enjoy coming to work other than, you know, you're around your friends and you're paid obviously a lot of money. But that doesn't, I know a lot of people say, well, just, you know, be tough. You know, you should be able to take that. And they do. They literally, you know, would take, you know, the yelling and occasionally guys would come back at him, including J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt was being yelled at by Bill O'Brien and Bill O'Brien ordered the defense off of the field uh, before the Pittsburgh game and was saying, you know, that they can't play and called them out. And so J.J. went back at him and says, no, we're going to stay out here until we get it right. And Anthony Weaver joined in and There were other things, too, where players would call him out for his coaching, and that included Mm -hmm. Randall Cobb, that included other guys that are respected. So it wasn't like these are, you know, guys that are malcontents. I'm talking about some of your team leaders, some of your best people and players have a problem with him. When that kind of information gets to the owner, to Cal McNair, and he sees the results on the field, And he had considered firing him after the Steelers game when they were completely uncompetitive in the second half. Mm -hmm. I feel like he did lose the locker room. And a lot of players feel that way, that he lost the locker room. And that was those things. Once you do that, it's hard to continue. But he wasn't successful enough. And as one executive from another team put it to me, you know, Bill O'Brien, the general manager, that's the gift that keeps on giving because they will live with his mistakes for years to come. So he's left this place. I know a lot of people think, oh, they're very talented. They have a good roster. Not really. You have Deshaun Watson. You don't have a lot around him. And that's the problem. You don't have a lot of resources. You don't have draft capital. You don't have a lot of cap space. Now that you've signed Deshaun to this big contract, what's around him? Is this going to be the Deshaun show? So, yeah, there's a lot of problems. But, yeah, to answer your original question, no. I mean, it's it's not surprising. This is a guy that kind of was a scorched earth type of mentality. And when you're fighting with everyone, 
and alienating people and cursing people out. And when you fire, when he fires people, there were lots of, can you curse on this show? Oh yeah, curse, go ahead. So fuck you and get the fuck out of the building, that type of thing. So when it's like that, you were, he wasn't treated that way, but when you don't treat people, you know, kindly, you make some enemies. Well, he did it to himself. If you want to ask who he lost the power struggle with at the end, he lost it with himself. And the lack of checks and balances of giving someone absolute power. You know what I would describe the Texans under him was? It was a dictatorship. Wow. Like a third world country dictatorship. Wow. And it's it's not surprising me because I remember I was, I was telling my friends and people around me before the season started, I said, man, I think he's going to get fired this year. That was just my guess. Um, that he was going to get fired because I think you could probably um, say this more than I can. I thought it was going to be if they would have lost to Buffalo in that playoff game when it was down at halftime, if they would have lost that game, I thought I think he would have got fired right after that because that would have been another playoff game. He would have got shut out again. Am I right or am I wrong on that? Yeah, that was that would have been it. I yeah. think them winning that game with Deshaun's heroics saved him. Right. And that, that was a situation – um, you know, that really could have compounded it. And they could have possibly gotten some good people. And maybe this season could have been salvaged. Right. But now, you know, they're 0-4. And uh, it's all about uh, the rest of the year. You know, just try to win a few games for pride and, you know, to try to build some systems and to evaluate your roster fairly as you try to go forward into the new regime. But, uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, you're 0-4 now. But, yeah, if he had lost to Buffalo – especially if they got blown out. Yeah, but honestly, Buffalo blew that game. They had them. But Josh Allen, who doesn't play that way now, basically, you know, crapped the bed. And his mistakes, the way he played, they couldn't overcome that. I also feel like Deshaun, that was masterful. That was like one of Deshaun's best performances in the clutch that I've ever seen from a quarterback in recent years. He was outstanding. And that's why you know, when people go on, going on Deshaun a little bit and I, he's not perfect. And there's, I think this year he's trying to deal with bad circumstances and some of it, you know, he's on the ball for a while and he's, you know, doesn't really trust his guys. You're seeing that he was dependent on Hopkins, but that's not his fault that they traded Hopkins. Obviously he's not in favor of that. He's upset about that trade and he's trying to deal with the aftermath, but yeah, you lose to Buffalo. Gone. It's like too when I was when I when I was watching the games when I was watching it started week two and week two who did they play week two was it um the Pittsburgh was week three right or week four yeah they played the Kansas City Chiefs and then and they Baltimore. played the Baltimore Ravens and right. it was uh, pretty uncompetitive against Baltimore where they couldn't tackle them and they couldn't block those guys and then they ran the same plays uh, on the bootleg. And they just look like a very disjointed team. And then they look tired in the in the fourth quarter, yeah. that type of thing. So it's just a – it's the, you know, just so many things that are bad. And mm-hmm. that's the problem. Because it looked like when I watched the game, it was like they're not playing with no energy. They're not playing with no swag. They're not playing like they want to be here. It's like they just going – it's like going to a job that you hate. And you know you can't stand it. And you're just out there because you know you're getting paid. You have to go out there. That's what it looked like. Um, another question I want to ask, too, moving forward now. They got Romeo Cornell. Obviously, you can't get a, a 
brand new head coach from wherever now because the middle of the season, week five. Romeo Cornell, he's a he was an assistant coach. Now he's the interim. How would the offense you think will look now? Will it stay the same? Would it be he would let Deshaun do his own thing? What would it look like? Those are the words. Uh, it's like you're quoting Tim Kelly. Let Deshaun do his thing. Actually, he was kind of cool with this. So let D do his thing. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it's going to be a little more fun. And I, I hope that they have some fun things and some creative stuff for him to run. Because here's the thing. Tim is Bill's guy. But, it, you know, so he, it is going to be Bill's system. But he can tweak it. And now that he doesn't have Bill taking away the play calling from him and also micromanaging him, which is what he was doing, you know, maybe a young coach like that and Deshaun, that they'll collaborate. And I, I'm sure Deshaun's going to take some ownership and say, hey, coach, I want to run this. Right. So let's put it in. I think you will see some fun things. Mm-hmm. They don't give me the playbook or anything, but my understanding is behind the scenes, Deshaun and Tim are just going to put their heads together and come up with stuff. So if it's bad going forward, you can't just put it all on, on OB and what the system's bad because they have freedom. They can do anything pretty much that they want. Romeo will have input, but he said, hey, I'm not an offensive coach. He said that this morning on a Zoom with us. And so it's Tim's show to run. And that's what I wrote uh, in Friday's edition of the Chronicle, that he no longer has that large shadow or gruff mentor next to him. So when you don't have someone that you're, you know, have that – where you owe him everything, you respect him, you maybe have a healthy fear of him and he yells at you and he's kind of like your, you know, your big brother or your uncle or your dad. You don't have that type of personality next to you. Maybe Tim Kelly could do something. I mean, obviously Bill saw something in him to keep promoting him from grad assistant to quality control, to assistant offensive line coach to tight ends to offensive coordinator to giving him the play calling. Well, he's been grooming him for years. So, I mean, I think, and everybody says, like, Tim is a pretty smart guy. Let's see. So give him a chance. And I, I wouldn't judge him off of, well, what's this one game like against Jacksonville? It might still look bad. Right. But uh, I do think the results, maybe they will be different. You know, I think the hard part for them, you know, not to get too matchup-y about an 0-4 against a 1-3, how are they going to block Kaleb on Chason and Josh Allen? Right. What are they going to do? They better have a max protect or they better have some quick game going or Deshaun, you know, he could be on the ground with those guys because they are um, just as fast as him, if not faster, those two rush guys. Mm-hmm. That's a nice tandem. And that's one of the weaknesses of this line has protection. Last question is a two part question. Obviously yeah. to me, my personal belief is that this is the most important off season in Texans history because now for the first time you have a franchise quarterback and just the first time that he's going through a culture change because we had David Carr but he was out the building fast we had all these free agent quarterbacks but now we have a franchise guy how big of a role would he play in recruiting a new head coach and who do you think should be the head coach not who will be but who who you think should be the head coach I like Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs guy. I think that that should be the number one candidate. But I like other ones, too. Uh, I'm interested in Brian Dable, who has done a good job with Josh Allen. I like the way that he's coached him, like some of their schemes. I like Greg Roman from the Ravens. Uh, I don't think Dabble Sweeney is realistic, but I'm sure the conversation will be had. Uh, He has no buyout, but he also makes a lot of money. 
they can, of course, afford to pay him. He makes $9.3 million a year now. So why can't he make 12 with the Texans? There's no salary cap on coaching salaries. That's just a matter of what the owner chooses to pay. Uh, but, you know, he is a leader, rah-rah type. I'm not entirely sure that that translates here. And recruiting and things that he does with younger people, I don't know how much that works in the NFL. I'm sure Deshaun would love it, but I think that he needs to be where he is. He's a college coach, in my opinion. But, yeah, there are other guys. Uh, for general manager, they could go with a young up-and-comer like Ryan Poles from Kansas City, Marvin Allen from the Dolphins. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov could be fired by Atlanta. He would be worth talking to. I believe that Nick Casario, that's not dead. That could still happen. It's hard for them to go the New England route, though, because Bill, in some ways, poisons that well to just go New England again. Right. So, to me, I think they'll be looking in a different direction. And maybe that's toward Kansas City, the Super Bowl champions. Right. I would look at them very hard. But I also think that you have to be open-minded and think about <clears throat> other individuals. You need to look around the league, you know, so that like Greg Roman in Baltimore. And, and there's a lot of really smart people out there. There's Joe Ortiz. But one thing that makes this tough is, you know, you have a front office. They wonder, you know, was there going to be any backstabbing? Is there going to be some problems? Because, you know, you saw Rick Smith is gone. Brian Gain is gone. Just because Bill O'Brien is gone, is this going to be the kind of work environment that you want? So if you're going to upheave, you know, your family, move here, is this the right move? Can you trust that the Texans, is, this is a good organization to work for? And I think that's a legitimate question. Someone has to do their due diligence and find out. Because all these guys that have good jobs, sometimes you're better off staying in the job that you have. But yeah, they'll get someone. And I think it'll be, there are enough candidates that it'll be a solid candidate, but this is gonna be a long process. They won't have their coach and GM, I believe, until possibly after the Super Bowl. It's going to be another you know, four months before they really are done with this. It's gonna be very important this all season. I hope they get it right because you can't play with uh, Deshaun Watson's peak years in his contract. Uh, Aaron Wilson, I appreciate you. I appreciate, appreciate you. you. It's good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, oh, of course. Glad you're doing well. Uh, yeah, it's uh, been a minute since the uh, last time we talked. Um, yeah, I got married since the last time I saw you. Uh, yeah. Yes, you sure did. Congratulations. Yeah, back in July. Yeah, very, very excited. Uh, yeah, life is good, man. Uh, but I, I don't live my, my life on the highs and lows of the Texans because uh, – I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm a journalist. I keep score. Yeah, you're not even from uh, Houston, so you don't have no ties to the Texans. You're just doing your job. I, I'm not for them or against them. I'm just uh, I'm a neutral observer. Right. <laughs> All right, we're going to keep in touch. Uh, appreciate you coming through on the podcast. You got it, buddy. Anytime. Thank you.